Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. I am Jim Morrow, a family physician in North Georgia. Uh, part of Mara Family Medicine, which is now a part of Village Medical. We're very happy about that. We're excited about this new venture that's been going on all of this calendar year. Uh, I'm here in my office studio, uh, which uh, looks like an office studio. And John Ray is at Renaissance Bank in Alpharetta, Georgia, on Windward Parkway in his very elaborate studio. John, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you today, doctor? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. The weather's nice. It's not raining out there quite yet. So, so far, it's a good Wednesday. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, in most of these podcasts since the pandemic began, I've been doing a a COVID-19, if you will, update. And I don't really have a lot to add to anything that I might have said in the past today, except to say that this Delta variant that is uh, out there and becoming more and more prominent is responsible for about 58% of infections now in the United States. As, um, it's more contagious. It's uh, a little bit worse, but it is covered by the vaccines. The mRNA vaccines are looking really good. That's Pfizer and Moderna are looking really good for it. The data is still out on Johnson & Johnson. But I would encourage people to to get out and get a vaccine if you have not yet, and most of you have not yet, so I hope that you will. Um I've listened to a lot of virologists around the country on a very regular basis, and the general consensus right now is that you're going to either get COVID or a vaccine. And you might think, well, I'll just get COVID because you had a friend that had it and it was like having the sniffles, but about 20% of people who get COVID are having something that changes their life in some way for a reasonable, reasonably long period of time. So it might be a heart problem, kidney problem, blood clot in the lung, uh, amputation, uh, fog, brain fog, long-term COVID, anything like that. But it's something you don't want, and the vaccine is very, very safe and very effective. So I would encourage anyone who's listening and anyone you know to please go and get a COVID vaccine. They're a lot more available now than they used to be. Uh, access is pretty good and pretty simple. So for the topic today, I'm going to talk about falling and the risks of falling and how to prevent falls. And that sounds like a a fairly boring subject until you're in an exam room with someone who has fallen. And in the last few weeks, I and the great providers that I work with every day have seen a large number of people, as we tend to regularly, who have fallen and have had something happen. They broke a hip and ended up with pneumonia and were in the hospital for an extended period of time, or they were laid up otherwise and, and ended up with a problem. And it's not necessarily the fall that causes your harm. It's the subsequent problems that come from the fall and the change in your activity and so forth. So it, it's amazing that such a, a simple thing can change your life. Uh, anybody that knows me knows that a simple thing like my 40th class reunion, high school reunion, changed mine. And if you fall, it can absolutely change yours. You can trip on a rug or slip on a wet floor. And if you fall, you might break a bone like thousands of men and women do every year. And for older people, like I mentioned, the break can be the just the beginning 
of a more serious problem, like a trip to the hospital, the injury itself, or disability that can come from the injury or what happens after that. So if you or any person you know, an older person especially, has fallen, you're, you're not alone. The, the numbers are staggering. More than one out of three people over the age of 65 falls every year. And the risk of falling and fall-related, fall-related problems goes up increasingly with age. And if you think about that, it makes sense. You might have more brittle bones. You might have a bigger problem with recovery and all kinds of things. So it, it becomes a bigger problem. And a lot of older adults are all but paralyzed with fear of falling. And that's an understandable thing. They've seen it happen to other people. They've seen it happen in their community and in their, their friend circle. And, and people fall and bad things happen. And the fear itself becomes more common as people age even among the people that haven't fallen. And it can lead people to avoid activities like walking and shopping and taking part in social activities, things that are good for them in many ways. But you can't let the fear of falling keep you from being active. Activity is one of the things that keeps your bones strong. So it's a vicious cycle. If you're afraid of falling, you don't do activities, your bones bones get more brittle. Then when you do fall, you're more likely to have a bad outcome. And overcoming this fear can absolutely help you in your future health. So it's an important thing to to know. Yeah, it's something to be respected, but hopefully not feared. So if you're doing things like getting together with friends, now that hopefully people are getting vaccinated just to beat that dead horse just a little bit more, people getting vaccinated, you can spend time together. If you're out gardening, that's a, a great activity. Walking, going to the local senior center, these things help you stay healthy, and there are simple ways to help you prevent falls because it's important to do that as well, obviously. So a lot of things can come into play when it comes to looking at why people fall. Right, one of them is your eyesight. A lot of patients, as you get older, of course, are wearing glasses, and, and they're not only wearing them, but they're dependent on them, and there's a big difference. You know, I can see fine without my glasses. I can get along fine, but don't ask me to read anything. But if I've had worse eyesight, if I get up in the middle of the night and try to walk around, and I don't have my glasses on, I could easily fall. Your hearing, hearing at first blush, you would think, might not have a lot to do with falling. But one of the biggest risks of falling is pets, dogs especially. And if you can hear that the dog is right around you, even though you might not see him, you're a lot less likely to trip over him reflexes. We talk about reflexes in the exam room a good little bit because they're just not as sharp as they were when you were younger. Your ability to react, to grab a piece of furniture when you're about to fall is just not as good as it was when you were younger. And then a long list of health problems can play a role in falling. Diabetes is one to go back to eyesight because it affects your eyesight. It affects the sensation in your feet so you're not as aware of where your feet are and what's under your feet and so forth. If you have problems with your, your thyroid, you might fall because you're weak. If you have problems with the nerves in your feet, like I mentioned, from diabetes or from other problems, you might have compression on the nerves in your back, and there are a lot of things that will make your feet get numb, so you just can't really feel where you are, so you could easily fall. And then vascular problems. 
Vascular problems cause trouble with strength. They cause trouble with balance. They cause trouble with sensation in your feet. And there's a, a, a lot of things that can be helped by managing that kind of problem or preventing them even if that's possible. And then there's some medications that can make you dizzy or sleepy, making you more likely to fall. I see people all the time that are not good sleepers, and they're very interested in something they can take for sleep because they just desperately want to get a decent night's sleep. But the thing that comes with medication for a good night's sleep is being groggy. When you do wake up and have to go to the bathroom or move around in the night or even first thing in the morning, and you might very well be groggy and not totally with it mentally. And so, yes, we might give you a great night's sleep, and then you fall and break your hip when you get out of the bed first thing after having a great night's sleep. So there are a lot of things like that that have to be considered. And then there are other risk factors. If you look at muscle weakness, it goes back to balance I was talking about a minute ago. But muscle weakness is very important, and it has, uh, it has a part to play in balance and gait. And then blood pressure. You might have high blood pressure and be taking medication. And if you get a little bit too much or if you lose any weight whatsoever, whether it's muscle mass or you're actually trying to lose weight and being successful, which is you know usually a good thing, your blood pressure could be so low that when you first get up from a lying position to sitting or even standing, then your blood pressure drops so much that you could fall. And that's a thing called postural hypotension that a lot of people end up with as they get older. Because a lot of times people will have less need for blood pressure medicines as they do get older. And if you don't make that adjustment when you're seeing them in the office, then their blood pressure can get so low that when they stand up, they get woozy and they can fall. There are a myriad foot problems that cause pain. Uh, the neuropathy I was mentioning a minute ago not only causes lack of sensation, but it can also cause pain. And then if you're trying to wear footwear that might be comfortable, it might not be the safest backless shoes come to mind. And they're easy to get in on and off, but they're also easy to slip off and cause you to fall. So you want to be careful about that. Confusion is a common cause of falling. It happens in a, a small percentage of people, but in that percentage of people, it can be a big deal. If you wake up in an unfamiliar environment, if you're not at home, if you go somewhere else, and you might be unsure about where you are, and you could be confused and turn the wrong direction and easily could fall. So if you're confused, you want to wait for your mind to clear till you, till you can, can ascertain where you are and what the situation is and realize that the door is to the right, not to the left like it usually is in your home, and you end up going the right direction and you're more careful and you don't fall. And, of course, medications, uh, the vast majority of medications that we give people can increase their fall risk. They can make you dizzy. They can make you confused. They can drop your blood pressure. They can do all kinds of things that can, can be a problem. So the more medications you take, the more likely you are to fall. And as I say that, I can just hear my patient saying, well, I don't want to take that medicine or this or that or the other medicine because you said on your podcast that if I take too many medications, I might fall. True. So you want to be sure you're taking the medications that you need and you're not taking any medications that you really don't need. Now, before we talk about preventing falling, 
I want to uh, say again how much I appreciate you listening to our podcast. Uh, not a week passes that somebody doesn't say something about one of the podcasts that we've done, and it's been really, really good, and I've enjoyed every one of them. The practice is now part of Village Medical, as I mentioned, and I, I made this choice to join with Village Medical because I realized I wanted to spend more time taking care of my patients and leave the financials and that kind of thing to someone else who does it better than I ever did, probably. And we're on the verge now of changing the names completely in our offices from Morrow Family Medicine to Village Medical. I suspect that'll be happening over the next few months. But what I also expect is that when you come to Village Medical here in Cumming or in Milton, that you'll find that the care that you get is the same quality of care that you've gotten all these 10 years at Mara Family Medicine. And if it's not that way, I specifically, I need to hear about it. And so when you do come, grab a business card. My email's on my business card. It's there for this purpose so that if something doesn't go the way you think you should, it should, then you send me an email and tell me and I can fix it. I can't fix it if you don't tell me, but if you'll tell me what's not right, I'll do everything I possibly can to fix it. So we're excited about being a part of Village Medical. So if, if you're trying to prevent falling, you have, to, you have to put some effort into it. First, you have to take care of your overall health. If you do that, you really might be able to lower your risk of falling. And most of the time, falls and accidents, quote-unquote accidents, don't just happen. So I'm going to tell you about a few things that you can do to avoid falls and broken bones and the, the consequences that come with that. And the first one is stay physically active. If you're physically active, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be brighter mentally. You're going to have stronger bones. You're going to have more coordination. You're going to have better reflexes. And you're going to have less likelihood of falling. So regular exercise program improves the muscles that make you stronger. And it also helps with flexibility. And I've said to many people that if we were all more flexible, we'd have a heck of a lot less back pain. In fact, I saw, a, and I, I think I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but I saw a video, uh, most likely on Facebook, of about a 15 or 18-month-old baby who was eating an ice cream cone. He was taking his foot and swiping it across the ice cream cone and licking the ice cream off his foot. Now, if we all continued to do that, none of us would have back pain. There wouldn't be a back pain to be found because we would all be so flexible that our backs wouldn't hurt. But we don't. We stop doing that because our mama says, don't do it that way. You're not supposed to eat ice cream that way, so we quit. And we're not eating ice cream off our toes. And now if you're like me, you're lucky if you can eat it off your finger. So stay more flexible. It will always help you. Do weight-bearing activities, walking, climbing stairs. Don't forget your own body weight is a weight. So if you're doing something with just body weight, you're doing an activity. So if you're walking, that helps. If you're climbing stairs, that helps. If you park in a grocery store, don't ride around for 20 minutes trying to find the closest space to the front. Park in the back and walk in because it helps keep your muscles stronger and can slow down osteoporosis. Have your eyes and your hearing tested. Everybody, certainly every 
person over 65, and that's mainly who we're talking about here, should see an eye doctor of some description once a year, every single year. <clears throat> Get your eyes checked. Get your hearing checked. If you think there's a possibility that you might not have great hearing, you should get your hearing checked. If you think your hearing is fine, you should still get your hearing checked because just because you think it is does not mean it is. That's true for your vision and your eyes. And trust me, if you can hear well and see well, whether it's with a hearing aid or glasses, anything like that, any assistant device, you're going to be less likely to fall. And if you have a hearing aid, for the love of Pete, wear it. Don't keep it in a box, in a drawer. Wear your hearing aids, and that will help you, I will promise you. Medicine you're taking can have problems like I already mentioned, but another thing is it can have other side effects. If a drug makes you sleepy or dizzy, tell your, ph- tell your doctor, tell your pharmacist, tell somebody, tell your loved one, so that something can be done about it. Don't just put up with it, and don't just quit taking the medication because it made you feel a certain way. If you don't feel great when you take it, find one you can take that doesn't make you feel badly when you do take it because you need to control whatever the problem is that you're taking the medicine for. I've done at least one podcast on sleep, and anybody that's ever talked to me about sleep knows that I feel that sleep is an incredibly important commodity that you need to get all the sleep you can get. But if you're sleepy and you're walking around, you're a lot more likely to fall. So be careful. Use your head. Think about what you're doing. If you're about to get up and you know that you're sleepy, hold on to something. Ask someone for help. If there's no one there to help you, wait until you're not so sleepy before you do whatever it is you're about to do. Alcohol. Alcohol plays a huge part in falling. And a lot of that's fairly obvious. I mean, if you're falling down drunk, that's a good reason to fall. But you can have a small amount of alcohol and it can affect your balance. It can affect your reflexes. It can affect all the things that keep you from falling. So you want to be very careful about that. There are many studies already out that show that the rate of hip fractures in older adults increases with alcohol use. And hip fractures are probably the number one fracture that happens when people fall. So if you're trying to prevent falling, stand up slowly. I mentioned this earlier. Getting up too quickly can make your blood pressure drop to a point where you might be woozy or wobbly, and you can easily fall. Check your blood pressure when you're lying down and then when you're standing also and see what the difference is. If it's a decent difference, an appreciable difference, you need to tell your physician about that. One of the things that bothers people as they age is pride. I'm seeing that myself already. But if, if you're proud, that's great. But don't be so proud that you won't use an assistive device, whether it's a cane or a walker or something like that, if you need that. Because you're going to be a, a lot better off shedding your pride and using that device than being so proud and having a hip operation or developing pneumonia after you fall and can't move around, or dying because you fell. Because the pride stops right there, I can promise you. So if your doctor tells you to use a cane or a walker, make sure it's the right size for you. Make sure the wheels on a walker roll smoothly. This is important when you walk in in areas you don't know well, especially. Especially then. And maybe see a physical therapist who might be able to help you to 
become stronger and develop better balance and the strength in the areas where you need it. If it's slick, don't go there is what I want to say, but certainly be more careful. You know, wet surfaces can be incredibly slippery. My grandson ran from the outside into the screen porch just last weekend and had on probably Crocs or something like it. And boy, he slid and he went straight down on his bottom and it just jarred him something crazy. And then he didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anything. He's six, but I might, I was out on the driveway at Christmas six months ago, almost seven. Now Uh, it had snowed. The grandkids were leaving an impromptu snowball fight broke out. And I got to tell you, I was kicking their butt too. I was, I was winning this thing, but I dodged one and put my foot down where there was still some ice, and I went down on my elbow, and my shoulder still hurts in the bed at night. I got lucky, and I didn't hurt, didn't break anything, but I could have. So be careful with wet and icy surfaces. Wear good shoes. Wear rubber-soled shoes. Now, there are not a lot of attractive rubber-soled shoes, ladies. I will tell you that, and I'm well aware of that. But you're going to be better off wearing rubber sole shoes and not be, not slipping and falling than wearing really good-looking shoes and having a cast on one leg and a good-looking shoe on the other. So be careful. Wear good shoes. That's important. And if you do fall, tell your doctor. When you see him, tell him, look, I fell. This is a situation in which I fell. And I wanted you to know that because I want to try to prevent it and so forth. Because if you are careful, you'll be able to prevent the vast majority of falls. So if you fall, and not when you fall, because you may not, I hope you don't, but if you fall, stay calm. That's important because worse things can happen if you panic. Breathe deeply, stay on the floor, the ground, wherever you are for a few moments at least. Get your bearings, get over the shock of falling because it, it can be shocking. There's no question about that. Figure out, just laying there, if you're hurt before you try getting up. If you try to get up too quickly or try to get up the wrong way, if you are hurt, you can absolutely make that worse. So that's important. If you think you can get up safely, roll over on your side and push yourself up to a sitting position. Okay, slowly get up on your hands and knees. Find a sturdy chair or, or even better, a surface that's mounted so that it won't move, and slowly make your way up. And if, you, and if you do this and can do this, then sit somewhere, rest a bit, and let somebody know that you have fallen. If you've got a great support system, call one of them. If you don't, you pick up the phone, you call 911. No one has ever regretted calling 911 that I can even imagine. So that's an important thing to do. Don't hesitate to do that. If you have a mobile phone, that's great. You might not. You might fall and can't get to the phone. Hopefully someone will check on you if you can't get to the phone. And if you do have a loved one who is older, this is one of the reasons it's important to check on them on a very regular basis because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what the situation might be. And if they're not wearing a life alert or one of the other emergency necklace type things that will notify someone of a fall, then they can have a problem and you would not know it.
one of those common reasons people go to the emergency room is because they fell. If you keep your bones strong, you may fall, but you may not have a fracture. You may not have a bad outcome. You may not be laid up, which is really, really important as an older person. So if you're a smoker, stop. If you're a drinker, drink less. If you're overweight, manage that. If you're underweight, be aware. Because being underweight puts you at a higher risk of thin bones than being overweight does. It's very unusual. If you think back when you've seen uh, an elderly person hunched over on a cane, they obviously have osteoporosis, they have a curve in their back and so forth, so on, the kyphosis is called. That person is a little thin person. You've never seen anybody my size hunched over on a cane with thin bones because fat tissue creates the hormones that keep your muscles strong. Thin people are at severe risk of osteoporosis, and those people are the ones that end up with the worst outcomes. So talk to your doctor about osteoporosis as well. Talk to them about what you can do to strengthen your bones, to keep them strong, and to not have a bad outcome should you have a fall. And, John, that's what I've got on falls and preventing them. Man, you <laughs> you get it coming and going, don't you, uh, Dr. Morrow? I mean, you, you, if you're thin, you get osteoporosis. If you're plump, you get a stroke or a heart attack. I mean, you know, you just right. get it coming and going, right? Pick your poison. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, hey, a uh, couple of questions that we've got here. One is uh, – why is breaking a hip a particularly um, uh, tough uh, occurrence for someone that's older? I mean, why why breaking a hip versus, you know, breaking your leg or breaking your arm or something like that? Well, the biggest reason is if you break your hip, you are almost certain to have a change in your activity and your ability to get around. And that change is very likely to uh, to cause an infection, cause pneumonia, to cause cause you to get a blood clot that can obviously travel then from wherever it might start to your lung and cause a bigger problem. Uh, that's the biggest thing. And hip fractures, the hip's such a big joint that if you do break your hip, uh, it's a little bit more likely than it would be with an arm fracture or something like that, that you could get an embolus from that fracture it gets into the bloodstream and travels and causes a problem, whether it's a stroke or whatever it might be. So the biggest problem is the change in activity level, but there are other problems associated as well. And almost everybody that has a hip fracture ends up with surgery. And so the surgery itself has a risk. So just, it just keeps piling on like that. Now, one of the things you said there at the end, you were talking about, um, or I'm not sure if it was the end or not, but you were talking about, blood pressure medication and how your need for that changes. And um, what I heard implied with that, that I thought maybe needed to be underlined was keep going to your doctor and updating your need for particular medications, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's one of the many reasons that, you know, we don't write medications for elderly people for a very long period of time because the need can change. Uh, whether it's the change, a change in their weight or their 
their uh, physical body, or it might be a change in their kidney function. It might be a change in their potassium. It might be a lot of different things that can can play a part. But yeah, it's absolutely important to continue to see your physician on a regular basis so that all of these different things can be analyzed and managed and monitored over time. Terrific. Now, uh, that's all the questions I've got, but I just wanted to underline something you've said on in previous episodes to our great listeners out there. If they've got a topic they'd like to hear, uh, let us know. Uh, connect with us on social media or uh, if you're a patient of Dr. Morrow, send a note. And uh, if you've got a topic you'd like for him to address, uh, please uh, let us know. Absolutely. We would, lo- we would welcome that uh, anytime. And you can send the, your questions and concerns to, uh, I think the better email probably is toyourhealth at gmail.com. So don't hesitate to do that. We'd love to hear from you. So, and John, that, that's that, what I've got for today. And that email goes directly to you. So it does, doesn't go to me or anybody. That's right. Anyway. It goes directly to you. So. It does. Yeah. Okay. All right. So for now, that is to your health.